Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I'm joined by Michael J. Russ, the amazing co-host. I am so thrilled that you're with me. And Michael, you just inspire me so many different times, and you, you made a comment about a quote that I posted on Instagram. And the quote reads, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. And Michael said that that would be a really wonderful show to do a quote about, and I couldn't agree more. I just, you know, you're so much in sync. So let me welcome you first and uh, say hello, and uh, then we can sort of delve right into this topic. Hello. <laughs> How are you? It's, it's a great Good. day. You're you're, you're also uh, incredibly inspiring. I want to think of it as a one-way street. It takes two to tango, and this is a this is a, this show uh, has uh, has you, and it wouldn't be what it is without you. So uh, oh, I would say likewise. that uh, that you have uh, you have some magic rolling with you. And this quote is sometimes you just come across something that it's sticky, you know, something mm-hmm. sticky. And and it's sticky in the sense that it sticks in your mind and it in the forefront of your mind, and uh, it, it makes you think about all the things in the past that you've done that you had never done before, that helped you actually arrive at where you are today. Mm-hmm. You know, succeed or fail doesn't make any difference. It doesn't. There is no failure. It's just whether you actually whether it turned out the way you thought it would turn out or not doesn't matter. The fact that you it was part of your experience, your life experience, your journey up to this point, uh, I mean, along the way, then it, 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 you are the sum total of all your experiences and choices. So this is, this is really deep when it comes to, this quote is really deep, when it, when it comes to really saying, hey, if I want to be farther than I am today, if I want my circumstances to change, then I am the one who needs to make a move into an area that I'm unfamiliar with. And I need to step out of my comfort zone and have faith in myself, trust that I can, that I can uh, do whatever it is that I need to do and to be comfortable in an uncomfortable space. And um, that's, that's, to me, that's fascinating. The concept of this is just incredibly fascinating. We could talk for hours and hours about this, experiential wisdom after experiential wisdom after experiential wisdom, you know, of, uh, about, you know, what you and I have done that has led to where we are now. And uh, we have, in, in, in some sense, the, the two of us, in, in, as this show's been, been publishing, been on air, talked about, various things that we've that we've encountered in our lives and how those things you know, made us feel at the time and you know one thing is certain i know with me and 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 this is the way it goes if you take a step off a cliff and you believe in yourself you'll fly you're not gonna hit the ground and go splat you're just you're, you're gonna fly okay you'll you'll you will in some way you'll figure out a way to progress and not to uh, be in a situation that is detrimental to you. Uh, and and I, I just know that. It really, you have, it's really interesting. I have a friend who his biggest challenge is 
having is trusting his own inner self, mm-hmm. trusting his heart, trusting that he's making the right moves. And when he calls me and asks me, hey, what do you think of this? My response to him is, what do you think of this? Well, I think it doesn't matter. What you think matters. I want you to learn to trust what you're thinking, what you're feeling. That is the most challenging thing for this gentleman. 30, 30, I think he's 38 years old, 39 years old. And he's got, he's, he's had, he's, he's kind of like he's always walking on thin ice. And I get a sense that a lot of people are like that as well. A lot of people, maybe our listeners uh, are like that. But there's a lot of people in this world who, who don't trust their decisions. And you have to make a decision, go with it, be responsible for it fully, assume 100% responsibility for it. If it doesn't work out, forgive yourself for having made that choice. It wasn't a bad choice. It just led you to a different place, a place other than you thought you would be. You forgive yourself and you just move on. You make a different choice. This, we talked in the past about forgiveness and gratitude. And the other thing I say to my friend when things are going really well, he calls me and gives me some good news. I said, have you, have you expressed gratitude about this good thing that happened to you? Have you said, hey, I'm so grateful for this? Have you taken a moment to do that? And invariably he hasn't. He hasn't because he's moving too fast. He's moving a million miles an hour. And he's focused on the event. He's focused on the event. That is what's driving his life, is the event. It's so interesting. And I, I, I've made attempt after attempt after attempt over the last two years to get him to slow down and focus on how he's feeling about the event instead of being caught up in the event. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, no, it's not, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of how you feel about what you're involved in. Do you feel good? Does what you do make you feel good? And a lot of this is surrounding employment. He's in the restaurant field and uh, he's a server, loves being a server. I call him a ray of sunshine to people that come in. He's, he's amazing. However, he doesn't trust himself. He doesn't trust what he thinks. He doesn't trust what he feels. He doesn't trust anything that's going on, and he needs outside, inter, uh, outside acknowledgement that he's doing the right thing. And his mother acquiesces to that. She reinforces that. Instead of saying, what do you think? How do you feel? She interjects, she interjects what she thinks he should do. And his uncle does the same thing. So I'm like, I, I, I talked to him, and I, and I said, forget about what your mother said. Forget about your uncle. Say, what do you think? What do you feel? How does what you're doing make you feel? Because it's all about feelings. Mm-hmm. When you feel good about it, you know you're heading in the right direction. When you don't feel good about it, then you know you need to make a different choice. You know that's not the right thing for you. And so he's kind of fumbling through this whole thing. He's still got this, you know, this 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 question of am I doing the right thing or whatever. And I get a sense that I'm the last person he calls after he's called his mother, his uncle. Oh, my goodness. Uh, maybe, another, <laughs> maybe another friend. And I'm going, okay, fine. I don't mind being last in line. At least I, I can help you focus. Um, I can be right. the last word helping you focus in a different direction. You know, I hate to say that, you know, you're, 
um, that you, you know, trust your heart and then you call somebody else and they say, I think you should do that. I think you should do this. And, you know, they'll, I said, I said, your mother wants to protect you. She wants to keep you from getting hurt. Right. The problem is you need to get hurt every once in a while to know, mm-hmm. to have the contrast, to have the contrast in your life. If you never got hurt, then, or never felt bad, sad, upset, or angry about something, you wouldn't know the flip side. You've got you to have the contrast. This is how you work your way through life. You feel your way through life. And you need that contrast in order to get your bearings. In order to get your bearings, you need that mm-hmm. contrast. And, uh, and, and if you, it, it is a problem that I find right now because I know a few parents who don't want their kids to, involve, to be, become involved in things because they're afraid that they'll feel pain, that they'll fail at whatever it is. And I said, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. If, it's, if, if a, 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 child, a child's journey through life has to involve all the emotions, this is how you learn how to be resilient. It's how you, you, you gain resilience. You, you, you're able to recover. And if you don't feel that in your most impressionable time in your life, if you don't have to deal with some of the tougher challenges in life early on in your existence, when you are impressionable, when, you, the, the, when, when you're being shaped by your reality, by the, constant, by the circumstances that you, that you experience, then later in life, you won't have those skills to engage when someone says something to you. Mm-hmm. When, you know, you want to protect the child from the bully, fine. Teach the child how to, that, about what the, bu- what the bully's about. My nephew, my nephew is, is gay. He's a senior at UCLA. Brilliant. I saw a video of him today. Um, he was hired. He and he, he's actually the president, I think, of his glee club at UCLA. And they took second in the country amongst glee clubs. Uh, okay, and uh, this is this, yeah, this this past year was unbelievable. Um, fantastic uh, choreography, fantastic voices, singing, and and the songs they chose. It was just spectacular. And uh, so. He, I, I saw this, this, I'll send it to you later, but it's a, it's a wonderful uh, piece, and you can publish it on our, on our uh, Instagram if it's that short. Uh, however, it's, uh, he was hired by the producers of the next Perfect Pitch, I think it's three, Perfect Pitch 3, the movie. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he was hired by the producers to go and serenade um, the people who had just been chosen to be involved with the film and to they they he was sent to their house to to uh the, the, there was three of them three uh two girls and and he and they went to sing this little um uh acapella number uh for the stars for the actors that were that had been chosen to be part of the movie and i thought it was just brilliant it was just fantastic i'm listening to him sing with these other two young ladies and it's just brilliant it's absolutely amazing and uh, uh, that he has chosen now this is a gentleman who 
Fuji, a young man who is a uh, biological sciences major. Mm. <laughs> what he's doing now is so far removed from what he's really interested in in life. Uh, <laughs> That's that, <interesting>. you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's going to end up spending his time in a laboratory working out, you know, solutions to things. And yet he's got this other side of him that's very artistic and always has been. And, and uh, you know, it's something that his mother, my, my sister, never stopped him from pursuing. She says, look, whatever you want to do. When he said he wanted to play soccer, he was, by the way, a brilliant soccer player, uh, star soccer player. He could have gotten a scholarship to any school in the country. Uh, however, that's not what he chose to uh, that's, that's not what he chose to go to UCLA for. By the way, he had he had Harvard and Yale, UCLA, UC Berkeley, all the top schools in the country wanted him. And uh, he said, "No, don't want to go to." He went to Harvard. Nah, I don't want to go here. It gets too cold. <laughs> you know, it's like I want to stay close to home. I want to, you know, yeah. But 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 mm-hmm. UCLA is tops in biological sciences. That's what nice. they have laboratories. They do, they do stuff, you know, in laboratories. And that's why he chose that particular school. Now, what's this have to do with, what, what, you know, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. What's interesting is that's been his entire life. And I applaud him for it as a young man who is coming up in a world that is dominated by, you know, digital stuff, and he's, a, he's got tremendous feeling uh, for, for what he wants to do. He came out here and stayed with us for three months and worked in my girlfriend's restaurant. They all loved him. His work ethic turned out to be unbelievable. You only had to tell him something once, and he knew it. He could regurgitate it. No, no problem. Give him the instructions, boom. He could just, you know, it's just, you just you're just amazed. More than anything else, he gave me a tremendous amount of hope in that generation. <laughs> He did. I mean, it's like, okay, uh, all right, all right. I have a tremendous amount of hope uh, for the future of this country, the world, whatever, uh, because of uh, young men like, like himself doing that, stepping into something he's, he, you know, to, he recognizes in order to get something, he's going to have to um, do a lot of things that he's never done. And he's a 4.1 student, high school and college. That's and, fantastic. Uh, Okay, he's got me beat. <laughs> you know, I, he's got me beat. I, you know, I'm not going to say what my grade point average is once going to San Jose State, but I'll tell you what, he had me beat by a mile. <laughs> because I have, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't know about you. Everybody but, has their own path, Michael, you know? Oh, it's so cool, you know? I, I just love it. So let me ask you, uh, what, what do you think about this, and what does it bring to mind? What does this quote well, bring to mind for you? You know, I want to just comment on the the first young man that you were talking about that makes a series of phone calls. So in my observation, and of course it's just my observation, in his heart, he truly knows the answer. He isn't empowered enough at this point to be able to recognize that. But when he gets the answer from his mother, he doesn't really like that answer. And so he reaches out to his uncle. And then he really doesn't like that answer, even though they're encouraging him and trying to keep him in a safe space. His heart Mm -hmm. is prodding him, and he's waiting for somebody to give him the approval. And so when he reaches out to you, finally, he's waiting for that approval, but he basically knows that you are giving his heart permission to make the decision that he truly wants to hear. And and I think that's 
pretty amazing, and I, I really, and I really want to talk a lot about the heart when we we delve into this. Um, but I, I just, I just couldn't help but think to myself, oh my goodness, you know, how is it somebody's going to figure out on their own how to be free, how to truly release the bondages of whatever is holding them back to be able to do something that they've never done before and not regret it. And and even if it doesn't work out the way they anticipated or hoped that it would work out, that they don't lose the courage to try again. And that, I think, is really where the magic is. I, I think when you were talking, um, and it's amazing that your nephew is so accomplished, and but you know, it, it all stems back to the your family and and your mother never tried to keep you safe uh and your sister and your brother and you you all learn those skills that you share with other people that it's okay to try and fail and there's no shame in it and to love yourself enough and be honest with yourself about what it is that's holding you back to allow yourself to overcome it and i i do i believe that that is Oh, so important. I think to myself, you know, we moved around a lot. I know you moved around a lot. And so one of the simple things when I was a child that everybody knows how to do is a cartwheel. <laughs> Guess what? I yeah. I didn't get that skill set. And and I would watch these girls, you know, doing these cartwheels and they all seemed so free and I was so self-conscious or embarrassed I mean I just sort of stood by the side and they were all having fun and doing whatever gymnastics they were they were doing so but it wasn't until I was in eighth grade that I had the courage to say guess what I want to learn how to do a cartwheel and I I took a gymnastics class I was probably one of the oldest kids in the class and it wasn't too long before I was doing a cartwheel and I was doing a walkover and a handspring. I didn't delve, you know, get too much into it after that, but I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And you know, as, a, as a young child, my grandmother always did yoga, so I had some flexibility, but I didn't have that skill set. And, you know, it, and I know it sounds like a trivial thing, but it, it meant a lot to me to be able to do that. And I think that, you know, you, wherever you are as uh, a child or an adult, you, I, I don't know if it's pride, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, if it's pride that holds you back or if it's fear of failure or what, what do you believe that it is, Michael, that holds people back from doing something that they've never done before? Oh, fear of the unknown is the biggest one. Fear of the unknown, fear of how it will work out. Fear of it not working out. Um, the unknown uh, factor uh, and the fear of of uh, having to deal with the consequences, the fallout of if it doesn't work. Um, the the um, the main thing here being, it doesn't always work. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out. Um, I use golf as an example all the time, and quite frankly, in four hours, I'm gonna I'm going to experience a lot of that didn't work. Uh, and then I have to go figure out how to get myself uh, out of the situation that I put myself in. And you, you learn to focus on recovery to bring the full, the full force of your creativity, your imagination, 
uh, your focus and attention to bear, and then your talents and skills as a result of, of that focus and attention to bear on solving the problem you put yourself in. And mm-hmm. um, that's, that is one of those things I love about golf, and when I talk golf, that's what I talk about. It's not it, – you know, every game has that. Uh, some games, team games, yeah, you can make a mistake and the team can uh, – other people can make mistakes and the team can lose. And a lot, a lot of times people want to blame somebody else other than themselves. Golf is a singular sport. There is no team. There's just you. And mm-hmm. you have to accept responsibility for everything, just like life. In life, you have to accept responsibility for everything. And if you I, – I, sometimes I, I think about it and I say, well, you can, you can put it on a scale. If I do this thing, what's the benefit to me long term? What, what do I have to gain by doing it? And kind of do this sort of a pro and con thing. You know, draw a line down the middle of the paper and say, okay, if I don't do this, here's where I am. If I do this thing, you know, what am I going to get out of it? What, what, where, mm-hmm. where am I going to go in life? Um, back in 20, excuse me, not 20, 19, excuse me, 20, heck, I mean, I'm 64 years old. In 1984, I had to make a decision about a career change. And the, the carrot for me, was gaining the knowledge that would allow me to help people to mitigate their own fears and concerns and worries in their life. And by doing that, I would have the opportunity to make five times plus what I was making when I was managing a shoe store. Mm -hmm. And I'd work less hours doing it, less hours. Um, it was an opportunity. Did it scare the living blazes out of me? Absolutely. Because nobody, someone was saying, here, you can do this thing, um, give you all the resources you need, but you're going to have to do this thing first for yourself, and then once you come join us, you, can, you, you have unlimited income capacity. Uh, when you, if you follow all the rules and you work with people and you you take your your skills that you've developed over your lifetime and you put them to work and you come out with an attitude that is um, you know it's about you and not about me, you have the ability to make whatever you want to make. You have an unlimited, an untapped, infinite capacity for abundance. The trick is that you have to go through these certain things, there's certain things you have to do that you said you'd never do before. You'd never mm-hmm. do. <laughs> you know, and you have to get comfortable doing it. And in, in doing it, when I, when, I, um, when I did it for five years, I set myself up to be able to be where I am today, 38 years later. That's and fantastic. Every day I woke up, I, I, tell, I say this in my, in my university book, I tell people, I say, I woke, up, I woke up every day for the first year or two. Every day my stomach would be, when I had to go to work, my stomach would just be torn to shreds. I was so worried about, because let me just step back for a second. There was no salary involved. No salary. Mm-hmm. No safety net. And I had to go to my wife at the time and say, okay, I'm going to quit doing this thing that has a salary 
I'm going to go over here and do this thing that has no salary. I'm going to have to, you know, bite the bullet. We're going to have to bite the bullet for, a, you know, a year uh, or so. And, and you know, because I don't know what I'll make. And we're going to have to, like, you know, cinch things up a bit financially. And to a lot of people, when I tell them that I still, on a daily basis, a monthly basis, 38 years later, I have no idea what my income will be at the end of the month. They, the first thing they say is, I could never do that. I could never right. do that. You're right. I would I be scared to death mm-hmm. if I didn't know what it was that I was going to have coming in at the end of the month. Well, that's the price you pay for being able to live better than you did before. I live very right. well. And uh, uh, I do it, and it's because I believed in myself. And this is, this is the thing. There was a pivotal point. I'd say for the first couple of years, I was very, uh, my stomach was torn up. My stomach stopped being torn up when I became, when I realized that I was the one causing my own physical (laughs) pain. Mm -hmm. I thought it was my outside circumstances. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with my outside circumstances. It has to do about how I'm interpreting and perceiving my outside circumstances. And this is what we do in life is we allow uh, our outside circumstances, our circumstances, you know, outside influences, outside forces, you can call them any of those three, to dictate how we feel. Mm-hmm. And the challenge in life is always to be able to be the one in charge of how you feel. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate challenge as a human soul is to be in charge of how you feel instead of allowing the illusion of what's going on out there, control how you're feeling and what you deem yourself capable of in life. So there's nobody to say, if somebody says, oh, I'm going to be the ultimate opportunity, you just have to step off into an area you're, you're totally unfamiliar with. And you say, okay. And the first thing that goes to your mind is, is uh, the fear of what it'd be like to give up the known, okay, for the unknown. And mm-hmm. there's the, the carrot of you'll be able to live beyond your wildest dreams if you just take the step. And some people would literally turn it down because it wasn't a known quotient for them. Other people will take that leap, yet kind of hesitantly. And then others yet still will take that leap and jump in hook, line, and sinker with both feet. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because that, those three different ways of doing it are going to lead to three completely different outcomes. And the people I've known who've, I've, know, I've seen people, very smart people, people with PhDs, double PhDs, double masters, fail at what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't have a degree. I didn't, I didn't, I left school after in my, in the middle of my third year, I went to go into business with somebody. And what's interesting is that, and I tell people, it's, not everybody is, is meant to go to college. Not everybody is. You, you just mm-hmm. have to get a sense of who you are and what you're doing. You're always going to be doing something. If you're, if you're living life right, Here's what I have to say. Living life right, you'll always be in a position where you have to do something you've never done. If you're living life right, you will be putting yourself in that position all the time. 
taking a risk, some people say, it is a risk, maybe. Um, I, I think if you bet on yourself, you're always going to succeed. Uh, if you bet on other people to help you succeed, maybe you won't succeed all the time because you don't control other people. You do control yourself. You do control what you're thinking. You do control how you feel, and you do control your own resilience in life. So that's that's uh, that's I, your story I've, I've and your stories it. like this. I, I got a zillion stories, but that but that's really the essence, the core of it. You always you you must. You're always going to be doing something that you have never done before. You know, this, mm-hmm. this, I, I told you this before I came here. I said, I, uh, I put together two stand-up Peters. Now, they're not the first stand-up Peters I've ever put together. <laughs> they're about the eighth, the seventh and eighth <laughs> stand-up Peters I've put together because the wind will blow them down, break them, and then you've got to get rid of them because you can't trust them because um, so, you're dealing with gas, natural gas. So I... I would always, I, I'm, I love to challenge myself to put something together with the instructions. Can I do this? Can I do this right? I've never done it before. Can I do this right? These, these were a little different than the ones I put together before. However, I know people who will, um, you know, there, there are people who have better expertise than you. If it's a skill you need to do something that has a lot of nuance, then you, it's really better to go find somebody who has those skills not saying you can be the jack of all trades that's just to me that's just ridiculous to try and be the jack of all trades even though we have youtube today where we didn't 30 years ago youtube mm-hmm. you can find just about anything and it's a, it's an awesome resource for putting things together um however you know it, it's i i gotta i'm gonna put this back on you because i i want to know what your what you were thinking and feeling when you decided to go into the Airbnb business ah. because I know that that's what you do and you didn't do it before. What was the, what was it like for you stepping into that unknown territory? Well, first of all, I want to just comment on what you were saying because I believe you hit the nail on the head um, about we like our comfort and a lot of us aren't willing to change because we don't want to delve into the unknown and you I have offered to mentor. I can't tell you how many people to do what I'm doing Mm -hmm. for nothing, absolutely zero charge. And you know, I'm like, this is all. This is all you have to do. It's very simple. And this, oh, and I get the exact same response that you got. I could never do that. And my question is always, why? Why? Why don't you have (laughs) enough confidence? to see yourself in that space or get out of your comfort zone. Um, For me, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My grandfather came to this country with $25 in his pocket and built Mm -hmm. a a successful business. And when my dad was growing up uh, and he got to the age where he wanted nice things and my grandfather said, go get a job. (laughs) There's a place in town, you know, go get a job. And he did. He got a job with a tailor. So my dad knew more about men's clothing than you could even shake a stick at. He was always dressed impeccably. And, but he <laughs> had that work ethic. He always had a vision of trying something new. And, and this goes all the way back to 1979. My father had an idea 
to start a warehouse pet food store uh, where you would have big bags of everything and nothing existed like that at the time. True. And mm-hmm. he got his brother involved that was a grocer and, and another partner and they put this together. But uh, fortunately or unfortunately, my dad's passion was hockey. It wasn't in the discount pet food business. And so he sold his share and then his brother, who also didn't have as much vision, sold his share and the man who continued on became a billionaire. <laughs> Which is, is it's so interesting. But that You're kidding. you know, that's where I got my entrepreneurial spirit from. It became you know, and I watched my father sometimes, you know, he'd always follow his passion. His heart was he loved hockey. So he loved professional sports. He loved but he always loved creating things and, and later on in life he sort of looked at the owners of the different sports teams and they all made their money in real estate. So when I uh, started, I started first as a landlord. I bought a house and I redid it. It took me six months to redo it. Uh, you know, I have mm-hmm. a model that I worked with that I wanted my return on investment in the back in about five years. And I did enjoy being a landlord. However, uh, about three years ago when this new opportunity for Airbnb and I saw a lot of different things that were really positive about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's some some drawbacks as well, but um, I started to create these spaces and I use the profits to fund my animal rescue efforts and it feels really good. Um, awesome. I, lo- I love knowing that the people that stay there are making a difference to the animals in the community and feeding you know, stray dogs and cats and you know vetting them and everything else. So it's it makes it makes me very very happy. Um, but I have like I said I have offered to mentor several different people and I, it's I, and I really applaud you, Michael, because it does take a lot of courage to step out into that unknown and to sort of figure out what it is that's going to make you happy and to really be present. And I, you know, I think you have to just start where you are, no matter what it is. And you walk through that door, knowing that every day there's going to be something unexpected. And you might Mm -hmm. not have all of the answers to all the questions. I'm sure when you first started working with clients, they would ask you questions. And instead of giving them a made-up answer, you'd say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. Let me find out for you. And that, for me, has always been one of the most empowering statements. I'm sorry, I don't have the answer at the moment, but I will find out. And I think when you're willing to go that extra mile, it makes a difference. And that's how you start doing something that you've never done before. And I'm curious, did you have a mentor when you uh, stepped out, or did you... Was it mostly they gave you a little bit of training and then set you off uh, running? Is that about actually, how it I works? actually had a, I had an, initially had a mentor, but I I went to work for uh, a company and uh, the whole it was a very supportive um, group of young people who I was working with at the time, and uh, they were uh, we were all supportive of each other. 
And so it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a, we knew that if we could help each other succeed, everybody would succeed. Uh, and that, that was wonderful. the coolest thing. So you, you created know, it's, it's a community. Yeah, it was, it was in, in, in essence a community. You weren't shoved in an office somewhere trying to figure it out on your own. It was, you know, it was a sort of an open source kind of thing, um, which was really uh, rather cool. And, uh, and that kind of thing right now, I don't think it exists today. It was a different time. It was a different place, a different era. Uh, however, the rules that we use to move forward um, in uh, matter, and what, I, what when you were talking about your offer to mentor and being turned down time after time, the thing that came to my mind is the way you perceive yourself matters. The way you mm-hmm. perceive yourself within the context of your situation matters. And this this is from the very beginning of being offered something and you're feeling capable or incapable of perhaps following through, or maybe there's some so many unknowns that you can't get your get behind it. And this happens to a lot of people who could be incredibly successful. However, they they just can't get behind it because there are too many unknowns that they, that, that they can't answer. Too many questions they can't answer. Um, when someone they respect, I'm using quotes right now, air quotes when someone they respect and cares about them that they go to to pitch the idea, uh, literally, you know, uh, pours, pours cold water all over the hot idea. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's some people, and this is, this is, you know, I talk about thought viruses all the time because I come, I come across them all the time. You know, my friend that talked about initially, I started out talking about his mother and his uncle plant thought viruses in his mind about what mm-hmm. he's capable of. And then I turn around and have to dispel those thought viruses. I have to let them know that they are thought viruses and that you, you, only you can decide and know what's right for you and not someone right. else. And that there are always competing motives, right? When you're asking somebody uh, who you care about uh, whether the dream you're, you want to go after is viable, uh, what do you expect them to say? They're not you, <laughs> number right. one. And number two, they're going to give you an answer that is, that is fraught with their own insecurities, their own failures in life, their own experiential wisdom, whatever that wisdom happens to be. And it's not yours. It's theirs. That's the answer you're going to get. It's going to be layered with that. And that's going to be the, the that's where that answer is going to emanate from. Because they're not, they don't know you, really, or what you're capable of or what your future could be. They don't know that. Most people don't even know that themselves. But we, we go out on a limb to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to make this attempt. I don't like to use the word try, by the way. It's, you know, the Yoda thing kind of, you know, you don't try, you do or you don't. But, you know, right. you, 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 you attempt, you, you make an attempt. It's, to me, attempt is better than that. try. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You did. It's awesome. I did. I just saw, I just saw it. Yep, I did. And you know, there, there's a quote. Let me just, I just want to read this to you because it's in alignment with what you said. And it's, excuses mm-hmm. don't linger long unless you give them permission. How powerful is right. that? Yeah. You give them life. You mm-hmm. give, you give your, your worst fears life. You give the unknown life. And that life is made up because you really don't know. You have no clue. You're just making it up as you go along. Why don't you make up 
make up the best possibility versus the worst. That's that's just what I say. That you makes know, why my not? heart You've got a choice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. you got, you got the choice. Make up the best outcome instead of the worst, you know, the most positive outcome possible. Because if you don't, then you never know where you will be, and your circumstances will always rule you. They will always rule you. If you, you know, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me when I, at how many people, what never ceases to amaze me, how many people I know that, uh, that I've come across or that I've read about or I've seen uh, who have defied their circumstances. I, I don't even know why this is a thing. It shouldn't be a thing to defy your circumstances. Uh, there mm-hmm. are people who, I mean, we have a, we have a, a, a big chasm between those who have and those who have not in this country. That chasm is getting, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, however, the one thing that stands true about this country more than any other country in the world, and I've lived all over the world, I've traveled all over the world, the one thing, the one reason everybody wants to come to America is because of what your grandfather experienced. Got off the boat with 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you don't, there's no caste system here. Mm-hmm. If you get off the boat with 25 bucks, and you 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 get you t- you spend ten bucks ten bucks buying a um, a shoe shine box and you know all the stuff you can get on a corner and shine shoes and make a living in this country mm-hmm. and you can you can extrapolate that out to anything you want. Um, we had I don't know if it was it, it was us I I have so many different things that I do. But I think we had a conversation earlier in the year. Uh, you did a show earlier in the year um, based on a woman who had, uh, and I, I know you're going to remember who this is. She she uh, came here with absolutely nothing. Oh no, she was a woman who made it, who went went up the ladder in a in a, a company. She got off the boat and got a job. Oh oh yo, here we go, here we go. It's coming back to me now. She got off. It was a friend of mine's. Yeah, you're right. It was a friend of mine's mother who passed away. Mm -hmm. Right. She had got a great story. You know, it's like she got off the boat, had to borrow money. She had fruit. She couldn't bring the fruit. She had nothing to eat. She had she borrowed some money from the the steward on the ship uh, or or somebody on the ship and said, I'll pay you back. And they said, yeah, sure. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. And she went off and got a job and got a place to live. Three jobs, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just got job, and job, and job. You, you, you know, if you got nothing but time on your hands, why not work, right? Mm-hmm. If you need to establish yourself, that's what you do. I even had three jobs one time. I was working in a mall with three different retailers. Yeah, I did too. So people today would go, "What do you so mean funny. you did that? When did you?" Yeah. I, look, you know, I, I got off at three there, and I went downstairs, and I worked over there till nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and then I came back the next morning at nine, and I worked there till one or till three, and then I went over there and I worked. You know, I mean, that's what you do, and when you, when you need to, and the story about this 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 woman was so phenomenal, and I say that, and I use her as an example because it's the ultimate unknown when you get thrust into a, a, a situation where you have to succeed, you must succeed there is no you have no other choice Mm -hmm. you you just must succeed and in order to succeed 
you have to believe in yourself and believe mm-hmm. that you can succeed. That is, that is the whole idea. You have to trust your decisions. Keep making this choices and trust those choices and trust that you're making the right choices and that you're, 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 you're honoring how you feel. And if you don't feel good about the choice you made, at some point you may want to make a different choice. That choice, not feeling good about the choice, maybe you have to determine whether it's fear that's, making, that's, that's causing that discomfort. Is it fear of the unknown that's causing that discomfort? Are you making it up in your own mind because you've never done it before? What you're being asked to do, what you're being asked to learn, or is it because there really is inherent danger in whatever it is that you're, that you're doing? And that's the, 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 the quagmire that you're always in. And because uh, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where uh, you're, you're putting yourself in, in danger, uh, physical harm, uh, mental harm, uh, when, when you're, because, you know, you can, you can go to work for somebody who is abusive, physically, not physically, but uh, verbally abusive. And in that kind of environment, how are you going to succeed when the person who's above you is verbally abusive or perceives you in a certain way that's not going to give you the opportunities that you uh, otherwise would have if not for them. So mm-hmm. there are choices that you have to make. Uh, and um, my, my friend who I started talking about tried a lot of different things in the last year since he lost the job he really liked. Tried a lot of different things. And he's finally at a spot. He told me the other day, hey, I really like what I'm doing. I really like where Wonderful. I am. And I said, I said, that's absolutely wonderful. And again, I said, have you stopped for a moment to just express your gratitude to the universe for that? Mm-hmm. To say, hey, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, even if it's just your higher self, thank you so much. Thank you, I, I, thank you, thank you, higher self, for believing in me. I thank my my source within for for um, you know putting this, helping me move into this situation to to let go of the things that didn't work, and then mm-hmm. trust that something good would happen. And by the way, every time he lost one job, the next day he had another one. That's Somebody wonderful. would call him. Good for yeah, him. this was so amazing. Yeah, I said, I said, good news gets around. It's a small beach community. You know, if somebody finds out you're not working and they know what kind of worker you are, then they're going to call you. <laughs> that, that happened mm-hmm. every single time. And I said, stop and express your gratitude. Forgive yourself for leaving, for making that choice and, letting, and, and leaving that position that you thought you would like. You tried something you didn't try, you didn't like it. Forgive yourself for having to say, hey, I, this is not for me, and to move on to something else. These are tools. Forgiveness and gratitude are tools we have to use every day. Fantastic and it's tools, how, too. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the most amazing tools. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how I weave gratitude and forgiveness into, into every single day. When I have a great, great day financially, when I, I, I reap lots of abundance because I've, I've done my job and I've, I've helped somebody do something really good, I take a moment. It doesn't have to be a long moment, just a moment, just to close my eyes and say, I'm so grateful, so grateful. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And, and move on, you move on from there. You know, great golf shot. I said, thank you very much. Not, I can't believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe it. Four words that just destroy 
you know, the, the, the energy in your future. I can't believe it. You can't. I thought somebody said that the other day. They hit an awesome shot. They go, oh, I can't believe it. What are you talking about? You're the one who did it. <laughs> Good for you. How, what, you, what can you not believe that you just that you you had the capacity to do it? This yep. is the thing we do to ourselves. We shoot ourselves in the foot. We we ask for the best, and then we can't. We say I can't believe it when we get the best, mm-hmm. and we have That's to go. Wow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are worthy, man. You're worthy of absolutely everything. Everything. You're worthy of the best life has to offer. The grandest vision you can ever freaking imagine. You're, you are absolutely worthy of all of that. And if you, and you have to believe that every, every moment, mm-hmm. you're worthy of the best relationship, not a mediocre relationship, not one that is abusive physically or mentally or otherwise. You're worthy of the best. You can control yourself. You can control you. You can make choices. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be there. You can decide where you want to be. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's like there's this 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 adage that people say, "Oh, no, I I can't leave because if I leave, I'm a failure." Well, I don't know. What is your heart telling you? Yeah. Is there somewhere else in life you need to be? <laughs> Maybe. That's a good question. Well, Michael, I got to tell you, I, I can tell you honestly that I've never not, whenever I've never done something, you know, that I've never done before, I never once regretted it whenever I would try something. Good point. And I would yeah. encourage our audience to please, you know, be honest with yourself about something that's been holding you back and what it's going to take to overcome it. And if you really make a serious commitment to prioritize it, make it a priority in your life. You know, don't just sort of say, yeah, 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 you know, okay, um, you know, make a few excuses of why you can't get to it. And I just want to share something, and I actually wrote it down verbatim from this interview. Doc, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza recently did an interview with Jay Shetty, and Jay Shetty asked yeah, him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the, he's the author of Think Like a Monk, yeah. So he said, you know, if you could give somebody some homework, what would that be, like, to change their life? And he said, this is what I would do. I would ask them to do a 30-day experiment. And I wrote this down because I felt it was so powerful, and then I'd love to hear your your comments. So he said, in the 30-day experiment, uh, write down every thought, that's been holding you back or standing in the way of the future that you want. And whatever they are, write down every habit and behavior that stops you from becoming the person that is healthy, wealthy, or free. And then begin to recognize the emotions that keep you in that same state of being and become conscious of the thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that won't let you be there that stand in your way and then write down those thoughts and emotions and then for those 30 days what he he said to do was to if you want to wire and fire new brain neurons you have to look at what that behavior is and really commit to that and then he said and if you look at somebody that you consider to be a great person look at their behavior and then emulate that. And I thought, wow, 
I mean, I would encourage there's, it, you know, you can look up the interview. It is really fantastic. And um, it's something that I'm actually going to sort of embody myself. I'm going to take that 30-day challenge, and, and I'll let you know at the end of 30 days what uh, I've changed. <laughs> I'll keep it a secret until then. <laughs> but okay. I'd, I'd love to love hear it. your thoughts about it. that, Michael. Did that, did that, oh, did that 30, 35 years ago. Um, it's interesting. I, I, what came to mind when you were saying that is one of the things, if someone's asking that question, I'd say spend 30 days really, really digging into your inner conversation because mm-hmm. it's, it's generally the self-talk, your own self-talk that holds you back. Um, it's very reflective of how you feel about yourself, how you feel uh, about your life, what you feel you're capable of, and um, you, when, you, when you keep track of that conversation, uh, how many times you use the word hard, tough, difficult, impossible, and try in relationship to yourself and what you believe yourself capable of or actions you have to take. When you, when you pay attention to the direction of it, whether it's positive or negative, and uh, you then, after 30 days it, of, 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 under, of writing down everything that, that is um, sort of counter to the narrative that you really want for yourself, uh, then you move forward. You know, Tiger Woods, best golf, one of the you know, best golfer of all time, I think. Um, I used to watch interviews of him uh, in his heyday from the time he started out. And, and when he was winning all of his tournaments in his heyday, he would be in an interview. Not once. And they give interviews all the time, every day, when the tournament, whatever, and especially the majors, they're, they're you know, sitting in front of a bunch of reporters answering questions. Not once did he ever say anything negative about himself or his game. Never. Mm-hmm. He never, Very it's powerful. not he was in a blame game. Yeah, he, he never said anything negative about his game. He said, that didn't go so well. You know, that's the work on that. You know, he didn't say, I screwed up. He, didn't, he never said that. He never talked in terms of beating himself up. His goal was to always keep and lift himself up. And I tell people, uh, and I wrote the first golf book, the first book I ever wrote, the audio book was a golf book, and I love it to this day. And people listen to it, just, you know, they're like, yeah, I never thought of it that way. I never looked at golf from that perspective of, of being like life. Um, and I would say, you know, you can't be Tiger. You're not going to hit the shots that he's hitting. Can't, I can use can't in that context because he started at three years of age, okay? And you're, you're 40. Not going to happen, okay? You don't have those years in front of you, those impressionable years. Um, you don't have the same circumstances, the same teacher, blah, blah, blah. So technically what you can do, stop about, forget about what you can't do. What you can do every time you step onto the course before you go to the course, your routine, your thought process, you can think like him. Nothing is preventing you from adopting his mindset, his state of being, right? The can-do, mm-hmm. never say anything negative about yourself, don't blame the ball, don't blame the circumstances, don't blame the wind, the weather, other people, you know? Tiger had to play through people taking uh, all kinds of noise, people taking pictures of him. His dad. His dad, when he was hitting golf balls, used to, used to make noise at the last moment. I mean, just any kind of noise to try and distract him. So his dad, when he was very young, um, ingrained a sense of focus in him. That's how he was able. Now, 
It didn't always work because sometimes the noises would be in, in at, the, at the wrong time. I mean, four hours is a long time to focus and concentrate. I can tell you that. Sure. And these guys play for five hours, okay? It's a long time to focus in, 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 on, on your physicality, your mental uh, state of being, to maintain a, a certain frequency um, in the higher free elevator frequencies. This is a challenge, just like life. You know, it's a challenge because there are circumstances you're always putting yourself in that that uh, you created that you have to get yourself out of. And so um, I love this 30-day experiment. I want you to do it, and I want you to then come on and tell people, hey, this is it. I'm always examining my habits, by the way. I'm always I'm, – I'm my, my life is a, is a process of examination. Um, thoughts, behaviors, habits, I look at them, and I, I, I'm always examining those those three things in in uh, in my life it's like it's it's because my mindset is more about how i can help others mm-hmm. what is it about this how can i apply what's what's going on with me to help someone else and if what would i do i mean if i change something this you know i did something different uh, then uh how can I encourage other people to do this? What, what can I tell them? What kind of moves, uh, life moves, can I help them adopt or make that can make that shift for them? You only have to shift your life journey by one degree. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do it. It's not a 100-degree thing. It's just one degree because uh, it's just like you being a pilot. If, you're, if you, you go one degree off course, you end up, thousands of miles away from where you intended. But you can use that to your advantage. You can, with intention, purposely make a one-degree change in your life. And you'll see the difference that it makes almost immediately, but you will end up in a completely different place. As a matter of fact, it's likely that your, your family and friends will start talking about how different things are with you. And you have to then deal with the fact that your, your friends, especially, don't want to lose you. If they're not making the same decisions in their life, it is possible that, that you'll have to deal with letting them go because they're, unfortunately, uh, holding you back because they don't want to make changes in their own life. And uh, that's, that's a big challenge for many people. You are who you're with is, the, is the, what I tell people. You are mm-hmm. who you're with, literally. I learned that in, in, in high school more than anything else. You are who you're with. And uh, if you're running with the crowd that's uh, devil may care, who, you know, taking drugs and, and changing, having uh, alternative ingredients uh, manage their state of being and without a, a look into the future, and if that's who you're with and you're participating in that behavior, then you will experience the same thing that they're experiencing. And if you want to be something different, then you have to meet different people. Put yourself in a position to meet different people. Number one, it starts inside of you. You'll attract different people. You'll attract the circumstances. Uh, When you change, your life changes. Your your inner world changes, your outer world changes as, as a consequence of that. And uh, instead of the other way around, people try to change their outer circumstances, but they never change themselves. And if that's the case, then you're not committed. 
and your outer world will simply continue to reflect what it is that you feel about yourself. That's pretty much it. And uh, so whether you're looking for love in your life, whether you're looking for a great career, whether you're uh, whatever it is that you're looking to do, uh, friends, you want, uh, you know, friends in a place that you've moved to for the first time, you've got to look at how you think about yourself, how you're, how you're think, what you're thinking about yourself. You'll attract you'll, the right circumstances for you to help you continue to evolve and grow or not, depending on what, what's going on in the, in, in the five inches between your ears. You know, right. This has been a fun conversation. I know we've got to be coming it close is, to the it end. It is, it is. So much ties into anything that, that anything that might seem impossible. You know, in order to achieve your dreams, you know, it's very important to try new things. And that's really, you know, we're here to support you through our words. Hopefully there's something, some nugget of information uh, that you can hold on to and that maybe can bring something new that you've never done before into your life. And You'll feel a sense hope of accomplishment. Would love to, yeah, hope, I hope you do. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I'm so I, grateful, I challenge Michael, people. for you. This is, but yeah, go ahead, please. And then yeah, uh, I'll just like close up the I'll show just, with that I'll challenge. With this. Challenge, challenge yourself, listeners. Challenge yourself to do just one thing, just one thing that's new to you that you hadn't done before. Just, just start small with anything, something you've never done before. Instead of washing your body with your left hand all the time, just try doing it with the right. Start small and see how you feel. That's all I can say. But it, it, it works. And thank you absolutely. for listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, catch you uh, next week on Connect 11. Thank you so much to Jesse at the station for making this all possible. I'm grateful to you, Michael, and to all of our listeners. Enjoy a, a great week. All right. <laughs>